0: To be here May missions month, right? It's always good to have that reminder, that challenge, that encouragement, pleasure of what God is doing for the sake of His glory, of His gospel. We had uh, just as a, as a reminder, we had David Elvey uh, kick off a couple of weeks ago. You might remember he was talking about the need for the church to be a people of prayer. And we are, possibly you are reminded, you we went back to your younger days with what's the time this people. You might remember that David talked about knowing how to be still and knowing when to move. but to be still before the Lord, but we're not to be a stagnant people, are we? Ben shared with us last week about being a people of peace. People who don't erect barriers of the gospel before people. We're to be a people who are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, where we're to be looking and praying that the Lord would show us through His Spirit who are people of peace, people in whom His Spirit is working. Today we'll be looking at how the church is to be a people in partner. We're not to be a church, a people of soloists. More like team faith. We're to be active. We're to be involved in gospel ministry. To be using our gifts. We're to be using our personalities, how God has made us, our, our resources, what he has given us. This is not a new concept for God's people, is it? Paul, for example, often uses the metaphor of a body to talk about the unity of the church and how the church works together with one another for the sake of the gospel. In fact, the the idea didn't have its conception in Paul's mind either. The idea that gospel proclamation should be done in partnership is God's idea. It's his model, it's Jesus' model. When he was here, that's what he did. Jesus chose to partner with people as he went about proclaiming the good news. Mark 1 gives us the insight that Jesus could have done the proclaiming work, the fulfilling work of the gospel, and the supporting work of the gospel on his own. i got to remember now that I, I've got to look over the shoulder, do you If you've got your Bibles there, just flick open Mark chapter 1. where i we brief look at verses 12 to 15. Just briefly, we tell Jesus just being baptised and the Holy Spirit leads him out into will, to the wilderness. And then we have these interesting words. That he's out there for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. And then after that, he goes around proclaiming the good news of God. Jesus was a trained carpenter. He could turn water into wine. He could take the contents of a kid's lunchbox and multiply it so that it could feed thousands of people. It was the complete gospel package. He was self-sufficient there. He, he could have his needs supplied even by angels. He could do it on his own. He didn't need the help of others yet. Jesus chose to proclaim, fulfill, and support the gospel mission of partnering with others. Now, whilst fulfilling the gospel work was Jesus' task alone, only Jesus, can come, die for sin, so that we might be forgiven. That is his work alone. Yet Jesus still chose to partner with others in the proclaiming work of the gospel. He chose to partner with others to support the gospel work. Just a, a little bit later on there in, in Mark chapter 1, we see Jesus goes along, passed along the side the, the Sea of Galilee. He calls out to some fishermen says, come, follow me. I will make you become fishers of men. And that's why Mark's told us that Jesus was going around proclaiming the good news. But here he chooses to call fishermen to partner with him in proclaiming the good news. He turned these fishermen into gospel proclaimers, commissioned and empowered to proclaim the good news of peace with God through Jesus' Christ. You see that in Matthew 28. Jesus came to them after his resurrection and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. He commissioned them to then go and be gospel proclaimers. He didn't just commission them, he empowered them as well. He said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We know that at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes and, and rests on the apostles there and they proclaim the gospel message to those who are here. Jesus partners with people to proclaim the gospel message. But that's only one aspect of gospel partnership. Jesus also partnered with people who would join him and support those who proclaim the gospel. Back to Mark in 15. We're told that there are some women there around the cross and we're told the significance of these ladies. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. We're told in Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were there also. This wasn't just a group with Jesus leading some disciples around proclaiming the good news there were also others in the discipleship group. It was a broader group. And there were people caring for their needs. Food. Accommodation. Money. There was a group of supporters with Jesus, supporting the gospel ministry. See, partnering in gospel ministry was Jesus' model friends. Though he was the complete package, though he could do it himself, he didn't go it alone. He chose to partner. Everyone had a part to play in gospel ministry. If you were a follower of Jesus, you were in gospel partnership with him. And the same is true for followers of Jesus today. If you follow Jesus, you are in gospel partnership with Him. To get an understanding of what this meant, what it looked like for the early church, the church post-Jesus, it's helpful to consider the example of the Apostle Paul partnering in the gospel was Paul's motto, uh, his model also. Even Paul didn't go it alone. Romans 16 gives us a list of some of the people who Paul partnered with in his gospel work. It lists individuals. It lists households. It lists churches. But instead of looking into all of these examples of Paul's gospel partnerships, we're going to narrow our focus to Paul's partnership with the Philippian church. The Philippians were a church that partnered with Paul when they were up close and, and from afar as well. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. This is a letter that Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. And he says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion of the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defence and confirmation of the gospel. the Apostle Paul would have to be one of the great evangelists of church history. But even for Paul, partnerships were essential. It's like partnering that happens between a motor in a car and the gearbox of that car. Now, this here, standing before you this morning, is a 16-cylinder car engine. It's made by Bugatti, and it produces a whopping 1,000 horsepower. You've never seen 1,000 horses look so good. This here is a four-cylinder engine of a Toyota Tarago. Toyota Tarago, that goes my family car. It produces slightly less than 1,000 horses. But as it stands, if we put these two pictures together, my car's Tarago engine is more productive and effective then the six-cylinder, 1,000-horsepower engine is produced by Bugatti. Why? That's a big claim. Why? How could that be the case? Well, the answer is partnership. See, though the Bugatti engine produces far more power, in that picture, it's standing alone. It's on its own. There's nothing to harness that power. In the old Terago. it's in a car, it's partnered with a gearbox, a drivetrain, a fuel tank. And because of those partnerships, it moves a vehicle. How do you get in the engine is beautiful to look at, But that's all it is. It can make a lot of noise, but it can't move a car until it is partnered with the right components. Now look with me at verse 7 of Philippians chapter 1. Gospel partnerships bring productivity and effectiveness to gospel ministry. Paul says to the Philippians, you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. The Philippians' partnership with Paul contributed to the productivity and the effectiveness of Paul's gospel ministry. Paul's preaching of the gospel resulted in the transformation of, of wives. They did this because other believers were preaching with him. Other believers were praying for him. And other believers were working alongside him. But not only that, the Philippians' partnership with Paul in his gospel ministry so supported his ministry. The church in Philippi supported Paul by sending one of their members to him, Epaphroditus, was sent to be with Paul. Find this in in verse 25 of chapter 2 of Philippians. Paul says, I think, but I think it is necessary to send back to you my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. Now, I've tried to really help these phrases, these things that Paul uses to describe Epaphroditus, help them stand out to us, and So I think there's, there's plenty we can learn from these topic. See, through Epaphroditus, the Philippian church supported Paul in a variety of ways. Paul says that through Epaphroditus, the Philippians took care of his needs. This likely refers to their providing for his financial and material needs. Could have been in the form of a, a monetary gift or maybe a, a food hint or something like that. And, and that is confirmed by Paul, Paul in chapter 4, verse 18. The church in Philippi sends one of their members to Paul with a gift so that they could provide for his needs. And what does this do for Paul? It enables him to focus on gospel ministry. He was a tent maker. He was a man who could go, and and as was his model in different places, would go and he would work to provide for himself whilst he preached the gospel. Yet by sending Epaphroditus with a gift of money so that they could provide for his needs, Paul was then free to focus on the proclaiming of the gospel. Not only that, Epaphroditus is is described as a co-worker, fellow soldier by Paul. So Epaphroditus might have also been gifted in evangelism. He might have also been a proclaimer of the gospel, a co-worker in that way, a fellow soldier in that way with Paul. Not well, only was it Paul is the only one speaking; yet yeah, path his mate beside him, doing it also, taking some of the load. He also calls Epaphroditus your messenger. Perhaps not only did he bring a monetary gift to Paul. Perhaps he brought a letter of encouragement from the Philippian church as well. We're praying for you, mate. We haven't forgotten about you, brother. We're with you in this. Stand firm in the Lord. Keep going. It provided encouragement for Paul, to a pastor, And in the last term, mind, Brother. maybe that term springs from the emotional support that Paul got from the papyrus having someone side by side with him who was there to listen to Paul share about the difficulties hear about how he's being treated to lift him up when he's down maybe to bounce some ideas off how do we go about talking to this person? What do you think, Pat? You I've had some experience with those type of people. I reckon maybe this way might be. What's wrong my brother? A support. This kind of support reminds me of rafting in Has anyone ever... Canoe before and you know what rafting is? I can remember when I was a teenager getting at a camp getting told about rafting. If you've ever been, been in a canoe, you know how tricky these things can be. Well, if you're out on a lake, how do you make a canoe more stable? You raft up, you come alongside one another, you, you, you take the oar in one hand and with the other hand you grab the canoe beside you. And it's amazing the stability you get. You can actually walk from one canoe to another. You can step across several canoes. You've become stable. By partnering with Paul, in a way the sleepians are providing a, a stable support for Paul. No longer so tippy and unbalanced. They can come alongside, Get nice and close and support his gospel ministry. Partnership is a two-way street. See, Paul sends Timothy back to the Philippians. We see it in verses 19 to 24 of chapter 2 that he has his plan to send Timothy, another of his partners in the gospel, back to the Philippians. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ, but you know Timothy's proven worth. I was a son with a father. He has served me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself might come also. It's given, take. It's not just everyone gives to Paul. Paul's sending what resources he has back to the churches, and he sends plans to send Timothy, someone who there is no one like him. Paul says, genuinely concerned for your welfare. When he says, "How are you going?" he wants to know how are you going. And we can experience this kind of two-way support as well, can't we? We're experiencing it today having our friends who just Rescue here. We experience through newsletters from missionaries who are saying, look, this is what's going on for us. This is what the Lord is doing in my neck of the woods. Please pray for me in this way. We experience it through guest speakers and, and preachers, don't we? Through missionaries who are back on furlough, coming along and saying, hey, Let me share my gifts, but here's... Let me share encouragement. Let me share what the Lord is doing. We've experienced that recently, through people like Cain Mann, Richard Gibson, Andrew Prince, who'll be here in a couple of weeks' time, David Elvery, Mark Westhausen, Peter Francis, all coming and partnering with us in gospel ministry, proclaiming the gospel. don't for a minute think that partnering in gospel ministry is just for people who speak. Not just for evangelists. Not just for people who teach. Everyone has a part to play in gospel ministry. Again, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're in gospel partnership with him and with fellow believers. Maybe you could partner with friends. Maybe you've got a friend who has a non-Christian friend whom they're inviting over for for lunch, for dinner. Maybe you could partner with them by going along, becoming friends with this person as well, and being genuine, speaking when given the opportunity there. Caring for. Maybe you could partner with your other church family. Yeah. Like what's going on out the back there. You could be serving in ministry alongside others in the church. Maybe you could be involved in caring for the physical needs of people. Yeah. Picking up the phone saying, How are you going? Is there anything I can do to help? Would you like a meal? I've got one in the freezer ready to go. How about some groceries? And am shopping tomorrow. I'll be in the supermarket. Can I pick you up anything? And maybe some of us to be better at saying, Yeah, that'd be great. Here's something to pick off your list. Maybe you need to accept those assets as well. Heard this morning you can partner with missionary organisations. You can give financially so they've got the resources so that people can be at work overseas. Or yeah. You can partner in prayer. You can partner with a mission organization yourself. I've just be supporting others, but maybe you could go. Maybe the Lord's been putting a burden on your heart. Somebody. If you are, you need to do something there. that. Maybe you can go serve on a team. Put some food. Be a leader on a team. Share the gospel with Jesus with people. What will you partner as? Maybe you're the sort of person, maybe God's built you. Be the sort of person who can take care of someone's needs. Maybe God's given you the resources where you could provide money. Take care of people's financial and material needs. Maybe that's somewhere where you could partner in the gospel. Maybe you're a messenger type of person. Perhaps you're an encourager. Maybe you could be the sort of person that picks up the phone, gets alongside someone and says, hey, how's things going with you? I've noticed you've been up against it in your life for a bit. Keep going. The Lord is good. What's God been doing in your life recently? Maybe you're the messenger, the encourager there. Maybe you're the co-worker or the fellow soldier type. Like a paradise, maybe you've also got a gift in evangelism, being able to talk to people and share your faith openly. Maybe you're the sort of person that just knows that this person needs to hear you. We all need to hear you about Jesus. Maybe you've got a thing where you know that this person needs to hear about Jesus and this is the time for me to speak. Maybe you could partner with others. Maybe you could merge friendship groups with others. Come along beside others in, in different scenarios, and be the person who really breaks that subject. I'm sure we've all, or at least some of us, have had that situation where you've been saying the same thing for years, and you just can't get through. Yet someone else comes along, says it in their way, and there's breakthrough. Maybe you could be that sort of person where you come along and, and you're different to the friend. You can say it in your own way, or in, even in the same way, but it's a different voice. There is breakthrough. Maybe you could be that sort of that sort of co-worker, fellow fellow soldier, person, like a pastor. Maybe you could be the brother or sister. You're the one who can care and give that emotional support. Maybe help in other ways. Come alongside. The Some we could do as individuals. What could we do as a church? about if, as a church, we sought to identify the pastrodites? Maybe we could identify someone who has a particular gift, and we could do something to help encourage them, help support them, help send them. Here's a a crazy thought, and I know other people have talked about in other churches. What about? as a church we made a possible so that one of our members could go entirely and take a gift, be an anchor, be a co-worker, fellow soldier, be a brother or sister, to listen spend some time with him. Have you ever thought about that sort of stuff? How we as a church could identify a Epaphroditus, maybe there's someone who we know that the Lord's been burdening them, that he's got some other thing he wants them to be doing. It's time for them to go to Bible college, to go partner with some other organisation. Would we as a church be willing to do what needs to happen? But it defray the cost of some study for people? That, that's brilliant. Are we willing to, to pay for someone's education, our number as well. Are we open to that? Maybe it's time that we start thinking about these things. For as followers of Jesus, are people who we partner. We partner with God in the sharing of the good news. He commissions us, he empowers us, and he guides us in this. We also partner with one another be sharing this good news about Jesus. Some of us will be those who take care of the needs of others. Some of us will be messengers, co workers, fellow soldiers. Some of us will be brothers and sisters. We all have a part to play. What part are you going to play? How are you going to play today? Let me pray. Our loving Lord and Heavenly Father, we. Thank as, you, as we contemplate the fact, Lord Jesus, that you, though you could do it all yourself, you chose to partner with people. And in doing so, you gave us a model to follow. Lord, you gift each one of us, you put us together in particular ways so that we may and expecting that we will partner in gospel ministry. Father, you commission us to, you empower us to, and you guide us in this way. Father, I pray that you will be at work in our hearts convicting us and showing us where you would have us fit in gospel partnerships. Lord, we we thank you that throughout this month we can hear about the work that you are doing through gospel partnerships around the world. And Father, I pray that today we will offer ourselves, maybe in a new way, to be partners in your gospel ministry.